Hey there, ACC fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs. And the big news that Candace Cooper was holding out from you all was that I'm going to be on this show four days a week now. I'm going to be the full-time guest host of this show. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is where you can go to find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, folks, we've got to get into two things that I want to talk about because I think one gives way too much attention. One is not getting enough attention. So we're going to highlight both of those. Number one, the bowl record, how the ACC performed in bowl games. I think that we're, we need to talk about that and why I don't believe that bowl season is indicative of um, how teams or how the strength of a conference and also our women's basketball. We saw some of the most interesting, strange things happen on New Year's Day, and I think they need to be talked about. So we're going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked on ACC. You are Locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So, folks, I want to start here because a lot of people are going to look at the bowl games and they're going to say, oh, and all the big name bowl games or in all the bowl games with some recognition or whatever the case may be, the ACC fell short or, or that, you know, the ACC didn't perform um, very well at all in the, the bowl games that, quote unquote, mattered. But when you take into context the full spectrum and picture, there's a reason why I say bowl games mean less to me than, for example, the NCAA tournament does to basketball. And let me tell you why. When I looked at how the ACC performed last year in the AC, in the NCAA tournament, I said, man, you can't look at this conference and say this is a bad conference because that is the most important time of the year. But even beyond that, the reality is everybody is on the seemingly level playing field for the most part, right? Aside from injuries, you don't see a good amount of teams' best players opting out of the NCAA tournament. Now, granted, there's a much different stakes from the NCAA tournament to the Holiday Bowl or or to uh, the the Cheez-Its Bowl or something along those lines. So I understand that part. But the reality is when you're looking at a situation like with the ACC, you're going to see a good amount of teams that are just, I mean – what do you what do you gain, right? If you're a Sean Tucker in the pinstripe bowl, what do you gain by playing? What do you gain? What do you stand to gain? Whether or not you have a, a decent game, a really good game, a groundbreaking game, right? Unless you have that groundbreaking game against a great defense or great offense or whatever the case may be, nine times out of 10, you're not going to do that much to help your stock. You can do a lot to hurt it just by getting on the field and, and getting hurt. So, you know, players make decisions that are best for them, and it goes from there. But now, again, if we look deeply and closely at these losses, if we look at each and every one of them, I'm not saying, oh, you know, nothing matters and we could make an excuse and excuse everything away. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is – is it's a a situation where this is 
you can't tell me that it makes sense to say, oh, this it doesn't matter for this team or it doesn't matter for that team when there are very, very serious or not very serious, but very big time players who are missing these games. For example, the first three bowl games of the year, right? The old Scott Satterfield Bowl with Louisville playing Cincy. Of course, Louisville dominates that game. And, and, you know, both teams being without their head coach and all that, you get it. The Gasparilla Bowl, weight beating Missouri convincingly there. You look at the Military Bowl, again, another dominating win. Uh, Duke 30, UCF 17, or 13 rather. But then you get to the Holiday Bowl, okay? And listen, I'm an NC State guy. Y'all know that about me. But to say, oh, well, UNC should have won that game and they should have, they actually were much closer than they were predicted to be. And even beyond that, yes, they ended the season horribly. Yes, ending the season on on four straight losses, never good, never a good thing, never going to say, oh, that makes us look good as a conference. But the reality is how many of their players who played a lot in the secondary were transferring out before this game? How many players in the two deep defensively were transferring out? So that's the reality there. And then you go to the pinstripe bowl where Sean Tucker, one of the most dynamic backs in the nation, a guy who has done magnificent things for Syracuse, is not playing. And Garrett Schrader is just getting back into the swingy thing, swing of things. Of course, you're not going to look at these situations and say, oh, this is a good thing. This is this doesn't this doesn't or shouldn't matter at all to these players. That's not the case. You can say all day and night, these players and their absence should not matter. But, I mean, how can you not? Oh, Josh Downs not playing. Josh Downs had a very direct effect. I showed it on Locked On Wolfpack, the effect that he has whenever he caught for 100 yards or more. And and when he didn't, the difference in UNC's record was night and day. The difference between their ability to move the ball, night and day, without him. And he doesn't play. And then you have all the guys on the defense heading out as well. So, I mean, of course, of course, you you got the Cheeses Bowl, which Florida State wins over OU 35 to 32, and then NC State loses the Duke Mayo Bowl 16 to 12 to Maryland. Well, NC State was literally playing with a fourth string quarterback, a quarterback that was on the scout team less than a month ago. If you take us back less than a month from that bowl game being played, he was on the scout team. He was the, the guy that was getting the defense ready to play other teams. And so, I mean, you get what you get in terms of there only being 12 points. And even of those 12 points, how many of those came off the defense setting the offense up in amazing field, field position uh, by creating turnovers? You know what I mean? And then you get Pitt to win a ball game over UCLA, 37 to uh, 35. And then, of course, Tennessee – who Tennessee was Tennessee beats um, Clemson 31-14. And that's one of the only games where I'd probably say the other team was at a greater disadvantage than um, the ACC team. Because obviously losing the guy who I thought was the Heisman winner, at least the Heisman finalist, but definitely I thought that he was the Heisman winner, a former ACC guy who I'd been banging the table on since he was in the ACC in Hendon Hooker. That's probably the only the only team because everybody or a vast majority of the guys for Clemson played. That's probably the only situation where I say this team got the short end of the stick in comparison to the ACC in the games that we lost. And so 
I'm sure that in the games that we won, there were situations where the guys on the other side had um, had their players opting out. But you get what I you get where I'm going here. At the end of the day, it's not necessarily fair to say, "Oh yeah, this is this is you know your your conference is good or your conference is bad." Based on what? Based on the fact that a team did or did not win a game in which their best players may have sat out because they were getting ready for the draft? Based on a game where you're playing a fourth-string quarterback, potentially? Based on, again, again, if you look at Maryland, they lost all of their receivers, or not all, their three of their top four wide receivers and their top tight end due to the transfer portal, injury, things along those lines. I believe it was all draft and transfer portal. But even with that, if you tell me which one would you rather have, your starting quarterback or um, your starting quarterback and young wide receivers or young wide receiver or um, your your a new quarterback who's a four stringer and an experienced and, and proven group of wide receivers, which, by the way, we didn't even have all of our receivers because Devin Carter entered the transfer portal. So, you know. This is just a, a very simple way of saying, like, this is not to say sour grapes. This is not because at, at the end of the day, five and four is a winning record. Let's start there. Let's let's start there. And then let's go to the fact that even with that winning record, these teams, their non-conference play early in the season is a bigger indicator of strength to me than anything else. To say, oh, well, Notre Dame whooped the wheels off of almost every level or basically every level of the conference. That's fair. I'm not against you at all there. That's a point. That's a gold star for whoever said that. But there weren't too many conferences that Notre Dame wouldn't whoop the wheels off pretty much everybody in. I mean, and if we are going by record, would that mean that the MAC is exponentially better than the, the Big 12? Or would that just mean that the Big 12 is just one of the worst conferences we've seen in some time? Because they're, they're two and six in bowl games. So I don't think that these bowls or the bowl games and bowl records are indicative of who teams are. I just think that it's, you know, some fun, some for the team, something that's a reward for getting to uh, uh, an excellent season. But again, I, I'm not sold on like, oh, that's what your team is or that's what your conference is and your conference can or can't get the job done based on what they did during bowl season. And speaking of getting the job done, I've got to talk to you all about LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Trust me, it is I am a technical recruiter myself. I use LinkedIn Jobs. I use LinkedIn Recruiter. LinkedIn is the go-to for me, and LinkedIn Jobs will help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your opening jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. So make sure you go to LinkedIn Jobs so they help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, folks, the next thing I want to talk about is women's basketball, because I, when I tell you that looking at the women's basketball scores from New Year's Day doesn't really do things justice. And I'm going to run those down for you. But I also want to tell you 
about all the extremely interesting things that happened Sunday that just, you know, they make you scratch your head. They make you wonder, wait, what's going on here? Because it was very, very interesting. So we start with Notre Dame putting the absolute smackdown, beat down, whatever you want to call it, whooping them like those something on Boston College, winning 85-48. to 48. You've got NC State barely surviving, just narrowly, just narrowly getting away in a uh, in a nail biter in which they had to come back against um, against Syracuse. They were up in Syracuse, so you know without Diamond Johnson as well, you expected that game to be tough. But NC State just barely squeaked by, fifty six fifty four with a massive fourth quarter. The next thing that you're looking at is Virginia Tech. Uh, is another Virginia Tech North Carolina was another game that was very close. And North Carolina drops their second straight conference game. They are currently winless in conference at 0-2. Virginia Tech is goes to 2-2 in conference, 12-2 overall with a 68-65 close win. And then you got Duke, who is is, you know, Duke is showing out, they're doing their thing. 13-1 on the seat. They improved to 13-1 on the season with a win over Louisville in Cameron Indoor Stadium. And Miami wins over Pitt. Florida State dominates Georgia Tech 99 to 58. Florida State is somebody to watch out for now. And Wake Forest loses to Clemson 60 to 59. Now I want to start with this Wake Forest and Clemson game because a lot of people are not gonna notice this or or who didn't watch the game would not know this. That here's the strange thing out of that game. The fact of the matter is they both teams were absolutely atrocious offensively down the stretch. Don't get me wrong. The defenses had a large part to do with that, but those two teams could not throw a rock in the ocean. What do I mean by that? You ask these teams did not score in the final, basically two and a half minutes of the game from the two twenty-two point forward. Neither team scored a single point. I kid you not. Clemson uh, Clemson went to the line to take a – they knocked down two free throws to take a 60-59 to 59 lead. And at that point, there was no more scoring for the rest of the game. I, again, I kid you not. Deja Bradford knocked down the last two um, points of the game. Not, not ba- baskets, not shooting from the field. I mean last two points of the game at 222. The last bucket of the game – was made by Naya Becker of Wake Forest at the 341 mark. So I want you to think about this now. From 341 forward, from 341 left in the game forward, neither team scored a single field goal. Neither team scored a single three layout, mid-range, nothing. Zilch, nada, other than, again, Deja Bradford going to the line to win that game um, for Wake Forest. And another strange thing, that happened on the first is Notre Dame. I told you they put the beat down on Boston college, but here's how bad it was. Notre Dame went up. um, They were up 49 to 16 at halftime. Now, for those of you who remember the original score or the final score, know this. If Notre Dame had not scored another point after halftime, they still would have won this game. 49, 48. That is absolutely ridiculous. That's that's madness. That's who. And speaking of madness, the NC State and Syracuse game 
saw both teams hold their opponent to single digit points at some point in time in a, a, a single digit points over an entire quarter at some point in time during this game. Syracuse won the third quarter 23 to six and NC State turned around, turned around and said, hey, turnabout is fair play and beat them 16 to five in the uh, fourth quarter to come away with a very close win despite teams calling back to back to back timeouts when there was like, I don't know, all of like two or three seconds left. And another thing I want to talk about that is a little bit, you know, a little strange, a little got you thinking, things that make you go, hmm, things that make you scratch your head a little bit. In the triangle this year, right? And by the triangle, I mean the the research triangle, which is, you know, uh, the RDU, as they say, the Raleigh-Durham area. There were two teams ranked in the top 10 coming into the season, right? You've got, of course, NC State, North Carolina, Duke as the three teams in the, in this area. However, NC State and UNC were the two teams that were ranked and ranked highly. Both teams, I believe, were inside the top 12 or 15, maybe even the top 10 coming into the season. And yet, Duke is the only one of the three that is undefeated in conference with a win over another. Now, granted, that win came without Diamond Johnson, but at the end of the day, you can only play who's in front of you. And I'm going to tell you this. Yes, not only was that team missing um, missing Diamond Johnson, but also Duke shot extremely well from deep that game. Extremely well. I want to say like 64% or something like that in that game. And so there, I'll tell you this much. A lot of people are still like, oh, I don't think Duke belongs in that conversation in terms of women's basketball circles. Kara Lawson's cooking up something over there. She's cooking up something over there. And this is, again, it's good for the conference when more teams are good. These three teams being good is, is very interesting, very fun to see. But I'll tell you what, Duke has much more of a case than many people are giving on in terms of how good they are or are not. The This Louisville team is, is still struggling. I don't know what's going on there. They're, they're going through a tough time here. Um, but again, this women's basketball and what we're looking at in terms of the ACC, I keep trying to tell you, this is a women's basketball conference. Again, Florida State is another one of those teams that's popping out and surprising some folks. They're playing what many people would consider above their heads, whooping the wheels off folks now. They're confident. They are long. They are athletic. You are going to have a tough time if your, your offense is predicated on getting to the rim and finishing down lower, feeding it to your bigs against them. You're going to have a tough time with that. They're active defensively. I don't know. I don't know. This is a this is a real good and Virginia Tech is just being who they are, being who they've been all season. Notre Dame, their highs are when they're firing at their highest clip. I don't think there's a team in the nation that they can't beat. I don't. I just don't. I'm sorry. So you know, this is a this is a a really really good uh, batch of women's basketball. I said last year that it would be hard to top that, and this group. It's coming close. This group of women's basketball teams is coming very, very close to that. And that's that's just the reality of what we're looking at there, okay? If anybody tells you otherwise, they're not telling you the truth. If I was a better, anytime you see somebody in the ACC playing out of conference, I bet on them. And if you're a better, make sure you're going to betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds, trends, and whatnot for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup things, we've got it all at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those on Bet Online as well. So head to the website to learn more. 
Bet online where the game starts. Now, folks, I'm about to land this thing. But again, I'm super excited to be coming on this show as a uh, full-time, four-time-a-week uh, co-host here. And don't let bowl season get you wrapped up, get you caught up, get you thinking, oh, man, are we terrible? Da, 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 da. Again, number one, nowhere near the worst uh, record of all of the, the Power Five conferences. Not, not Definitely not of all the conferences. Number two, there's a lot of things going on in terms of like players out and out, all that good stuff. I don't, again, it's, it's a glorified scrimmage. Congratulations. You get a nice hat. You get a nice trophy. You get some nice swag uh, that's sponsored by whoever sponsored the bowl or whatever. Good job. Doesn't really mean that much. Let's just be honest. In 2023, bowl games don't mean that. In 2022 and 2023, bowl games just don't mean that much. If it's not a playoff game, it doesn't mean that much to the players. I'm sorry to tell you that. And the last thing, women's basketball, incredibly competitive. And, man, were there some things going on Sunday that needed to be talked about. Thank you all so very much for coming out. I appreciate you every time. Peace and love, y'all. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 